As gold is purified by fire, so a good man is tested and purified by trial. Hi there, this is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, coming to you from Riverside, California. Podcasting since 2004, I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. How are you today? Welcome. In our reading today, we'll complete the book of Job. We'll read chapters 41 and 42. I'm calling the episode, A New Beginning. Today's show notes page is at lifespringmedia.com slash s12e143 if you'd like to make a comment. As always, you can email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com. Shall we begin? Job chapter 41 Can you catch a sea monster by using a fish hook? Can you tie its mouth shut with a rope? Can it be led around by a ring in its nose or a hook in its jaw? Will it beg for mercy? Will it surrender as a slave for life? Can it be tied by the leg like a pet bird for little girls? Is it ever chopped up and its pieces bargained for in the fish market? Can it be killed with harpoons or spears? Wrestle it just once. That will be the end. Merely a glimpse of this monster makes all courage melt. And if it is too fierce for anyone to attack, who would dare oppose me? I am in command of the world and in debt to no one. What powerful legs, what a stout body this monster possesses. Who could strip off its armor or bring it under control with a harness? Who would try to open its jaws full of fearsome teeth? Its back is covered with shield after shield, firmly bound and closer together than breath to breath. When this monster sneezes, lightning flashes and its eyes glow like the dawn. Sparks and fiery flames explode from its mouth, and smoke spews from its nose like steam from a boiling pot, while its blazing breath scorches everything in sight. Its neck is so tremendous that everyone trembles. The weakest parts of its body are harder than iron, and its heart is stone. When this noisy monster appears, even the most powerful turn and run in fear. No sword or spear can harm it, and weapons of bronze or iron are as useless as straw or rotten wood. Rocks thrown from a sling cause it no more harm than husks of grain. This monster fears no arrows, it simply smiles at spears, and striking it with a stick is like slapping it with straw. As it crawls through the mud, its sharp and spiny hide tears the ground apart. And when it swims down deep, the sea starts churning like boiling oil, and it leaves behind a trail of shining white foam. No other creature on earth is so fearless. It is king of all proud creatures, and it looks upon the others as nothing. Job chapter 42 Job said, No one can oppose you, because you have the power to do what is right. You asked why I talk so much when I know so little. I've talked about things that are far beyond my understanding. You told me to listen and answer your questions. I heard about you from others. Now I've seen you with my own eyes. That's why I hate myself and sit here in dust and ashes to show my sorrow. The Lord said to Eliphaz, What my servant Job has said about me is true, but I'm angry with you and your two friends for not telling the truth. So I want you to go over to Job and offer seven bulls and seven goats on an altar as a sacrifice to please me. After this, Job will pray, and I will agree not to punish you for your foolishness. 
Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar obeyed the Lord, and he answered Job's prayer. After Job had prayed for his three friends, the Lord made Job twice as rich as he had been before. Then Job gave a feast for his brothers and sisters and for his old friends. They expressed their sorrow for the suffering the Lord had brought on him, and they each gave Job some silver and a gold ring. The Lord now blessed Job more than ever. He gave him fourteen thousand sheep, six thousand camels, a thousand pairs of oxen, and a thousand donkeys. In addition to seven sons, Job had three daughters, whose names were Jemima, Keziah, and Karen Hapik. They were the most beautiful women in that part of the world, and Job gave them shares of his property, along with their brothers. Job lived for another 140 years, long enough to see his great-grandchildren have children of their own, and when he finally died, he was very old. Alexander McLaren wrote in his Expositions of Holy Scripture that the close of the book of Job must be taken in connection with its prologue in order to get the full view of its solution of the mystery of pain and suffering. Indeed, the prologue is more completely the solution than the endings, for it shows the purpose of Job's trials as being not his punishment, but his testing. So we have the grim thing lighted up, as it were, at the two ends. Suffering comes from the mission of trying what stuff a man is made of, and it leads to closer knowledge of God, which is blessed, to lowlier self-estimation, which is also blessed, and to renewed outward blessings which hide the old scars and gladden the tortured heart. I love that. As gold is purified by fire, so a good man is tested and purified by trial. Was it unjust for God to allow Satan to test Job? Well, we look at the miserable and painful events that came to Job, and we feel pity for him. We think, how could a loving God allow this? But God had the end in mind even before the enemy ever thought of attacking him. God knew the heart of Job. He knew that Job was a good man, and he said to Satan, Have you seen my servant Job? Did you notice what God called Job? My servant. God knew that Job loved him and would continue to do so even if everything was taken away from him. And he knew that in testing Job, Job would come to love and trust him even more. I'm quite sure that if we could ask Job today if he regretted going through the trial, his answer would be a resounding no. If you belong to God, if you have given your heart to Him, if you've trusted Jesus and asked Him to be your Lord and Savior, don't ever believe the lie that God is angry at you if you're going through hard times. He uses the fire to purify you and bring you into a more intimate relationship with Him. And listen, I'm not talking theory here. I'm talking from experience. The lovely lady Leanne and I have had many heartbreaking and painful events come into our lives over the years, and I'm here to tell you that both of us are closer to each other and closer to God than we ever have been. Our faith has been strengthened, and we have a much sweeter and richer understanding of the love and power and faithfulness of God than we ever did before. The book of Job is one of the greatest gifts God ever gave to us, and I will be forever grateful to him for it. And I hope you've gained more of an appreciation for this book and will be encouraged if you're now going through the fire or when you're tested by our Heavenly Father. Twice in the first two chapters, God referred to my servant Job, and then four times in two verses in the final chapter of the book. 
I pray that God will say the same about you and will say when you meet him face to face, Well done, my good and faithful servant. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Comment at lifespringmedia.com slash S12E143. Our reading tomorrow will be Jeremiah 42 through 46. Boost. Boostagram. I got a boostagram this morning from Sean of San Pedro. He said, I'm really enjoying this part of the format where we get to hear stories from David in the book of Samuel and then hear some psalms the next day. Thanks so much for the commentary, too. We were just talking about that dilemma yesterday. How much do you sit back and trust, and how much do you act? If the answer is never sit back and trust, then I guess we're missing sometimes. And Sean sent 500 sats through the Fountain app. Well, Sean, I was wondering if anyone was going to comment on yesterday's commentary, where I said that sometimes it is appropriate to just come before God and be quiet. I expected that someone would say, but we have to do something. God isn't going to just fix things without us doing anything. And, beloved, if you thought that, then my response would be, maybe, maybe not. But that really wasn't my point. The fact is that most of us don't just go into his presence and wait on the Lord. We go to him, we unload on him, and then we just get up and leave. We don't give him time to respond. What kind of a conversation is that? Prayer should be a conversation. It can be, you know, if we give him time. And that was my point yesterday. And it was David's point when he wrote the opening line of Psalm 62. Sean, thank you for your boostergram. I'm really glad you're enjoying this one-two approach, and it's good to know that you're thinking about these things. Say hi to your family for me, and be sure to keep us up to date on Howie, would you? On this date in church history, January 20th, 1669, Susanna Ansley Wesley was born. She was the wife of clergyman Samuel Wesley and mother of, get this, 19 children, including John and Charles Wesley, the founders of Methodism. I doubt if Susanna Wesley ever got a medal, but man, she sure did deserve one, didn't she? 19 kids. Prayer Requests Well, the lovely Lady Leanne had a biopsy done yesterday. We're thankful that the site where they took the biopsy is not terribly sore, but of course, now we have a few days of waiting ahead of us. Pray for the time to go quickly, would you? And for peaceful hearts. We, of course, trust God, but not knowing what we're facing can be unnerving. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we learned from reading Job that you are involved in our lives and that you sometimes bring growth into our lives by letting us go through trials. For us, as we go through those times, it's painful, but in the light of eternity, they go by very quickly. Yet we reap eternal benefits, so we thank you for those times, Lord. I pray, as Leanne and I await the biopsy results, that you'll walk with us and continue to bring peace to our hearts. And no matter the results, you know that we trust you and are happy to be in your care. I thank you for the LifeSpring family, and I ask that you would hold each of us close to you and that you would work in your perfect, loving, individualized way to make us the people you want us to be. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Beloved, send in your prayer requests and praises. I'll pray for you in my daily private prayer time, and we'll pray for you on the show so we can all agree together as we take our requests to God. I welcome your comments on the show. Just go to lifespringmedia.com slash s12e143, or you can email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com. You can support the show, and I ask that you do that at lifespringmedia.com slash support. If you're happy to see new episodes of the Lifespring Family Audio Bible in your podcast app every day, I just ask that you convert that happiness to some sort of a numerical value and send it to me so that I can keep it coming to you. lifespringmedia.com slash support. And until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thank you for being here. I'm Steve Webb. Bye. Bye.